This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. What kind of person is your mail carrier, and does it matter? That's a good question, right? Um, I, I honestly have never, I've waved at my mail carrier, but I've never actually talked to them. What kind of person is your mail carrier? Anybody know their mail carrier? Just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you anything about them, but do you know, like, about their life? So you guys, it's a couple of you do. Now, the person who's delivering the mail, we have no clue about their life, what their private life is like. You know, they could be awesome. You know, after work, they coach Little League or volunteer at, at a soup kitchen. We don't know, or they could be... Um, not so nice in their private life. Maybe, you know, he's, he's uh, or she, they're mean to their spouse and their uh, spousal abuse. And, and I'm not talking about physical, but just, we don't know. You don't know, typically. I don't know. But do we really care? Do you really care what kind of person your mail carrier is? And it, what do we really care about the mail carrier? I think somebody said it. What, what do we care? They deliver the mail, right? It's important that they deliver the mail. So, you know, we want them to deliver in a timely fashion. A few months ago, I preached on Matthew 28. It was the, the Great Commission Go and make disciples. There was a guy in our staff a long time ago, Mason Corwin. And uh, I would say, hey, Mason, go to the union. And before I could give him any instructions, he was gone. Literally, I'd have to call him back. Aria's back there to confirm that story. And I, Mason, come back, come back. I mean, literally, he was getting up to go. And I could come back. And I would try to give him some instruction. And so sometimes in Matthew 28, what you and I hear is go, go. And I would t I'm here to tell you there's so much more than just delivering the package or the mail of the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't really care what kind of person the mail carrier is but I'm going to propose to you that we have to care what kind of people we are when we present and carry the gospel to people around us. We, we must be careful not to turn the Great Commission into a project. Years ago, I remember going to USF and just handing out tracks. You know, the, the one that has a like a $100 bill on it, and people pick it up, and it's fake, and you turn it around, and it's a track. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> it's, uh, looking back, that was not good. And so, uh, <laughs> fooling people to pick up a piece of paper. It's almost like, might as well have fishing string. Like, you only got it. One of the things in our campus ministry I've noticed is that sometimes we are so concerned about getting the message out because we recognize that the need is great. 
In campus ministry, we are uh, with Chi Alpha. There's about 305 campuses that we have a representative, what we call a campus missionary. But there's literally 500 to 1,000 more campuses that desperately need the message of the gospel to be presented on the secular campus. And one of the challenges is that we got to we, we, we disciple people and we get them in and we get them out and we send them out. We know that the fields are ripe, white unto the harvest. But I'm going to propose to us and to myself that maybe we just need to slow it down a bit. I believe through his word, who we are is as vitally important in delivering the message of what we're delivering of the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me just say this. If we're going to be the mail carriers of the gospel, of the good news, it is important, yes, of the message we're sending and delivering, but we must be people who are good news people. Does that make sense? We can't just be delivering good news. We have to be good news people. Sometimes when I look on social media, which I'm trying to limit it as much as I can, and it breaks my heart to see what people are saying, and I know that they're believers, but what they're saying isn't representative of a good news person. And you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it yourself, and hopefully you've never participated. The hard truth is God cares who you are and who you are becoming. God cares who you are and who you are becoming. He cares about me and where I am going. When we mature in our journey with Jesus, our prayer changes. I remember when I was 25 years old, uh, 24 years old, I just graduated from college and I got my uh, degree and I was working and my prayer was constantly, Lord, what plan do you have for me? What do you want me to be? You, you want me to be a youth pastor? Do you want me to be a college pastor? And I was just constantly bombarding God with the prayer request of, Lord, please unveil your plan for me. And I remember saying, Lord, I'll go to the ends of the earth. I'll even go to Africa. You know, back in those days, like, whoa, you know, that's like the other side of the world. Ironically, the Lord sent me to Tallahassee. And I thought what God was going to do is send me to Tallahassee, to Florida State in particular, to save those reprobates over there. That's what he was going to do. And I was going to be his mail carrier. I was going to deliver the good news. I remember one time when my daughter was just a wee little girl, and we participated in the homecoming parade. And as we were going on, and I forget the name of the word, uh, maybe it's Copeland, uh, there were some frat boys at a... Uh, on their, frat, on their frat house, and they, um, you know, they were gyrating, doing things they shouldn't have done. You know, they didn't think anybody was looking at them, and, uh, 
And then they began to like unzip their pants and, you know, trying to show their, their stuff. And, and I got ticked, you know. And I'm like, you know, and, and they're laughing at me. And, um, and I remember getting really mad. And I was like, let's get the car, let's leave because I was about to blow up on them. And I thought the Lord sent me to save them because they needed it, especially with doing stuff like that. I thought I was going to bring the good news to Jesus to a bunch of hell raisers at Florida State. But little did I know that God had something else in mind. He wanted to reach a hell raiser, but unbeknownst to me, I thought it was them, but he really wanted to reach me. He was trying to reach me. Now, if you would have known me at age, uh, when I showed up here, I was 28 years old, you would not think I was a hellraiser. I was a missionary. I had the card to prove it. And people invited me to their churches, and I would speak at their churches, and they would clap and applaud because they believed in the mission. But there were some things in my life I wasn't even aware about. I had such anger Woo! I was explosive. I remember one time, uh, there's a Walmart on North Monroe. Back in the day, it was Sam's Club. I remember leaving Sam's Club, and Robin and I had gotten in a little discussion, and I was so mad. At the red light there where the, uh, where the gas station is, I was so mad. I got, I got out of the car, slammed the door, and left. Walked. Robin had to get out of the car and get into the driver's seat. I was not getting in that car. I was just walking. Now, I, I look back, and I can't remember what we were fighting about. Probably was, I said Twinkies, not, not Ho-Hos, something silly like that. God was concerned about me. He wasn't just concerned about bringing the good news to Florida State. He was also concerned about me the mail carrier of the gospel. What kind of missionary pastor would I be if I could, I could really do a great job in delivering the message and people would get saved. People would be encouraged, but at home, my life was filled with anger. Um, you know, we, sung, we sang about filled with anxiety, filled with unforgiveness, kind of pastor would I really be? What kind of missionary would I really be? I could deliver the goods, but I wasn't that person that God wanted me to be. Home, with, you know, can you imagine uh, if I'd go home and, you know, I wasn't uh, what I needed to be as a husband to my wife? Or, you know, had issues, let's just say you know, issues of lust, you know, it was just uh, filled with, with lustful and, and, and pornography at home. But I could deliver the message. I could deliver the package. I could go to there and, and talk to Jesus, you know, talk to people about Jesus. But at home, behind the closed doors, uh, I, was, I was a person that God needed to reach. You know, sometimes uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, 
unsatiable desire for justice could control people's lives. You know, I, that's the thing is like, uh, I remember when somebody did something, you know, <laughs> I literally like, Lord, get those fret boys, you know. Let that house burn. The insatiable desire for justice. You offend Mario, whew, we're going to pray that God will bring down fire. Like those, those boys that made fun of the prophet. Or bring down the fire. I had an insatiable desire for justice. It wasn't like, Lord, love them and, and reach them. It was like, Lord, get them. You guys have all heard the story about the Coca-Cola event. You know, somebody throws it on me, and I was about to kill someone. Because how dare they? How dare you um, deface the, the idol of Mario? Uh, our friend William back there is reading about Napoleon. He says, I used to have a little bit of Napoleon syndrome. Get mad. I could deliver the goods. Man, my heart was far from God. Not only did I need to bring the good news, I needed to be a good news person. So the question I have for you this morning, are you a good news person? Maybe you're at home and you can deliver a very good Bible lesson for your kids. You do a really good prayer at the dinner table. But what kind of person are you? See, it doesn't really, it does matter as a mail carrier because you don't want someone who's uh, dishonest. Uh, you don't want someone who's going to cut corners. Not, and you know, if they're not delivering the mail, it's a character issue. You know, you've seen all those videos of somebody just dumping stuff in, in the trash because they didn't want to deliver them. It does make a difference. But more so when the gospel, when God has called us to go and make disciples, it's, as imp it's more important what kind of people are we. So yes, deliver the good news of salvation uh, and unity and forgiveness, justice, inclusion, but it must couple itself with holiness, humility, and integrity. Now, I might step on some people's toes in the next few minutes, but I want you to hear the whole story, all right? I have a, a confession. I struggle. I hope you give me grace. I struggle with the emergency global warming issue. No doubt the earth is warming, all those things, seas rising, but I struggle with the, uh, the emergency part of it. And I'm not trying to be cute. I'm going to try to make a point. And if you're really smart, you're going to figure out what that point is, all right? You're going to figure it out before I say it. The smart ones do. There was a huge party up in Martha's Vineyards at someone's home. But that's not what bothered me or intrigued me. But when I saw the home, I recognized that um, this person is a big proponent for the emergency to, to act 
immediately on global warming and because of that and the sea level rise. But what made me doubt the, the emergency, what made me doubt the plausibility that that statement could be true is that this person owns a house that's 8,000 square feet. Now, I'm not against people owning 8,000 square feet. For a long time, I had one of the largest houses of the pastors of my, my denomination, 2,000 square feet. Uh, on 37 acres, which is half of a, a very large shopping mall. So I thought to myself, hold up, wait a second, something ain't right. All right, nobody got that one, okay. That's good. Ask this question. I started asking myself, what kind of carbon footprint must this massive house have to heat and cool such a mansion? So it made me think this. The home size choice caused me to doubt the plausibility of the emergency and urgency of the situation. If this person's not taking it seriously, then why should I? Now, before we get too snarky and say, ah, I'm wondering, the way some of us live would give people doubts of the plausibility of the power of Christ. We say we're Christians, but our actions say otherwise. Our actions sometimes can create doubts to the plausibility of the gospel, doubts to the plausibility of the redemptive power of Christ. So what we watch, what we laugh at, our unforgiveness, jealousy, our lust, we can fill in the blank, living in the state of fear. When people see that, it can really mess with someone who's thinking about following Jesus and it can create a doubt of the plausibility of the good news of Jesus Christ. We tell them that Jesus can change your life. He saved me. He saved me. And then we, the person would be thinking, from what? You're no different than me. I play soccer with a bunch of old guys. It's, it's over 40. O-F-S-C, over 40 soccer club. Somebody actually told me, and I wrote the check, I really thought this was named Old Fart Soccer Club, but it really wasn't that. And, um, you know, so there, there are times where, you know, it's not, not in the last few years, but years before that, I mean, it's sometimes God would create a scenario in the plane. He basically was stirring the pot in my heart to see how I would respond to people. <laughs> and I blew my a lid once. I've been playing for about 12 years. 
And I alerted, <laughs> somebody yelled at me. It's like, stop yelling at me. And the other guy goes, I thought you were a pastor. And I'm like, <sighs> Lord, 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 the Lord revealed there was some sediment still down there that needed to be dealt with. Unforgiveness, jealousy, lust, living in a state of fear. It creates doubt to the people around us that we're trying to reach. It gives them doubt to the plausibility of the awesomeness of Christ. So if we're not taking it seriously, why should they? That's a good, good question. If we're not taking it seriously, why should they? So it matters what kind of of person we are. It matters to God what kind of person we are. Who we are, I believe, will determine how effective we'll be in delivering the package, the mail of the good news. So it's important. I'm going to ask the band to come out in a few minutes. but um, My desire is I want to be that light that, that God wants me to be. I don't want anything to dim that light. And I don't want it to be dimmed at home. That's the first place. I don't want my wife or my kids or grandkids to say, oh, that's, that's just dad, you know. Let's not rock the boat because that's how we make a living. Let's not do that, you know. And I, and I, you know, Eric's here and Melise and Micah, Mason, downstairs. My daughter-in-law, Britton. My daughter-in-law somewhere. And I pray that, uh, I pray that I'm an open book. And <laughs> my daughter's very good with faces like, no, <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. That uh, I'm not something I am at home differently than I am here. What you see is what you get. That's important. At work, at work, if we were to interview our coworkers, could they say, man, I really want what they have. It's amazing. You know, the boss talks about you bring down pressure, and he wants his project to be done. And, and look at that person. He's really, he's got a lot of peace about it. He's not freaking out like the rest of us. He's not getting mad like losing control like the rest of us. Are we that kind of person that we are the good news people? Not just bringing good news, but we are the good news because Christ has come in our lives. He's changed us, set us free. We sang a song about setting us free. And we, we've linked hearts with Christ and he's beginning to, to help us and mold us. One of the biggest things I think we can all do, none of us are perfect, I'm not perfect, and there are many times, even this week, one of the ways to, to be that person is to be humble enough to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. So, honey, I was wrong. I shared this a little bit, but I remember I felt like my wife, Robin, was doing something wrong like just giving a person attitude. And as her husband, I thought I need to bring it to her, her attention. But by doing so, I also crossed the line 
by getting mad at her. I remember like, you know, she would call it yelling. I would just talk, talking with emotion, all right? And you see how that's, that's not good either. Like, I'm doing something in the wrong way to let her know that she's doing something in the wrong way. And I remember going back, Lord, asked the Lord to forgive me, and I said, honey, forgive me. I was wrong in how I presented it. So if we're repentive, I think that's really a great way of, you know, of allowing people around us to say, hey, you know, we're not finished products. I'm not so proud to think that I can't say I'm sorry. Now, we're not going to finish this because my next question is, and yours kind of already answered, what's exactly the mailman's job? Is to deliver the mail. Is it to help people mow the lawns? Can you imagine if you saw your mailman, <laughs> you know, you're waiting for your mail and you can see the, the truck, uh, you know, about 20 houses down and he's out there mowing someone's lawn. And you're thinking, okay, that's nice, but, but I'm waiting on my mail. Somebody sent me a check. Uh, what happens if he's helping some lady unclog someone's sink or uh, fixing a broken door of one of the uh, people on his route? You would say what? That's nice, but that's not their job, right? Maybe after, after the job. And so our challenge in the next week, uh, I have a whole other sermon series that we're going to start in a few weeks, but this is the precursor. So if you saw your postal worker mowing someone else's yard and, and not delivering the mail, how would that make you feel? You would say, you, you would think and say, at least to your, yourself, the ma- mail carrier needs to stick to her, his or her job. So the mail carrier's job is to deliver the mail. So the lead question for us is before we go home, what is our job as followers of Jesus Christ? What is our main duty? I'm not going to answer it for you, but start processing. God, what, what am I here for? What are we here for? And I believe God will begin to share with us what we're here for. Four. I'll finish with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. I'm going to ask the band to come on up. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Next week, we'll try to unfold this whole Christ ambassador. What's the job description of an ambassador? You can look that up yourself. A Christ ambassador. I will just tell you this. A Christ ambassador is someone who's completely committed to Jesus and the cause of Jesus. Part of that is asking the Lord to reveal those dark crevices of our hearts so that would be, we would be no stumbling block for those who 
don't know Christ. I pray that God will begin to speak to you. Let's go ahead and stand. Every eye closed, including the bands. We're watching. No peeking. To say, Pastor Mario, man, I could, uh, I need the Lord's help in certain areas. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Lord, I'm raising my hand. I'm raising two hands. Lord, help me to be all that you designed me to be. Lord, help me to fulfill your plan for my life, the kind of person you want me to be for your plan. Lord, when, as I shared already, when I was a young person, I would say, Lord, what kind of plan do you have for me? Little did I know, I should have been praying, Lord, what kind of me do you have for your plan? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you were so wise enough and that you, you knew I would react to ego and I came here because I was going to be the savior of campus. But Lord, you had a bigger and better plan, at least for my life. Lord, you wanted to, to reveal those things in my heart that were not glorifying to you and lay them at your feet. Lord, help us all. We need help. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we believe that we can walk out in victory. We can walk in victory. Lord, help us to be the people of good news. In Jesus' name. Hey, let's sing this song. I'd not heard it before, and I think it's just really powerful, and I think it just fits really well. Let's finish our time by singing together. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.